is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow. But we're joined now by 10th Bristol District candidate Rick Trapillo. Uh Rick, how are you? I'm excellent. I was hoping you would leave that song on. That's one of my <laughs> yeah. favorite songs. It could yeah. have been a long introduction, but I would have enjoyed it. I'm doing excellent. I'm glad I'm here joining you when a lot of people are down at the feast and as always, thank you for your hospitality during this uh, new venture for myself and running for state representative in the 10th Bristol District. I really appreciate it, Marcus. Yeah, it's, of course, it's important to get uh, get all the candidates on. So um, you were on my old show uh, not, not that long ago. Uh, you were on my old show. You got to introduce yourself to the audience. But for people who might not have heard that, um, you know, just tell people who you are and, and why you're running for uh, state rep. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, I'm running for state rep as a person that I consider a conservative blue-collar Democrat. What I mean by that, ladies and gentlemen, is that I believe in the fundamentals of tax reduction, of putting the money that we earn as citizens back into our pockets with all of the surplus revenues that we have here in the state of Massachusetts. I'm a firm believer in public safety. I believe that our police are the foundation in our society, and I believe we can do a lot better in supporting our police force to ensure that all of our communities are safe as to help maintain the basics of tourism, bringing in investors to build housing for ourselves, job opportunities, etc. cetera. Uh, a child of public education, I believe we must do our utmost to get all of the Chapter 70 funding into our schools here in the South Coast across the 10th Bristol to really give the kids an educational benefit and to give the kids an education to teach them the fundamentals of reading, writing, arithmetic, to teach them to reach for the stars and that everything is possible in this wonderful country. I believe we have a serious issue with drug addiction and drugs coming into the South Coast community. I want to come up with a mechanism to try to help and support families with those issues. Uh, sadly, personally, over the past five years, I lost two family members to that issue. So it's real. It hits every family. And I bet everyone listening and all of us know a family that has had that issue. So it's a serious issue. So I wanted to, at this point in my life, take my business experience and say to the people of the 10th Bristol, I will work for you to, as a business person who's had to make budgets, drive cash flow to create job opportunities, I personally have opened two businesses here in the South Coast, um, Pub 65, and I've supported my wife's business, Margaret's Boutique, also in New Bedford. I was the general manager for a large global firm in the business park in New Bedford, running their America's operation. I ran their Far Eastern operations out of Tokyo. So I have a tremendous amount of business experience, leadership experience, to go to Beacon Hill to fight for tax reduction to fight for our infrastructure, which is totally lacking here in the South Coast with the leadership I believe we've not had, and to build a brighter future for us in the years ahead. 
So thank you for the introduction opportunity. No problem. Uh, so in the you had your first debate uh, held by the Tridetown Dems Committee, and uh, you identified yourself as a conservative Democrat. So Rep. Strauss was essentially calling you a Republican. What's the difference? My first debate was interesting. It was it, it was. was quite a reflective experience where I was sitting at my home. My wife, Margaret, unfortunately had a uh, business trip for her boutique business. Then I was sitting at home reflecting on everything I believe in. And I said, how do I approach talking to an audience that I've never met, that I want to let them know about me? And I said, do I become a politician or do I be Rick Trapello? And I chose to be honest. I chose to let people know me, my flaws, my positives, my, my attitudes and my beliefs for building the South Coast. So in meeting a polished professional politician like Bill, who's been in office for 30 years, it was kind of a setup. It was kind of, uh, you know, here comes this new kid in the block. How dare he come run from my seat that I've had for 30 years. And, uh, you know, he's in my backyard over in Marion and I'm gonna uh, teach him a thing or two. It didn't turn out that way. When I talked about tax reduction, and I'm a firm believer that we should, all of us listening on the, t on the radios this evening, this is Taxachusetts, Marcus. I've worked and built businesses in this state. We have a very high tax structure. But what really compelled me to get into the race, and I shared it with you then, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, is I judge people on key issues. And I believe political leadership always has to worry about the less fortunate in our society. They have to worry about our seniors. They have to worry about our veterans. They have to worry about our kids, our working families. And as we're in this crazy, difficult inflationary period, which some people are now calling it a recession and it's debatable, but times are tough. And I was reading the newspaper and I read my opponent actually, in his words, to paraphrase him, say, I can't support a gas reduction, 25 cents. And yes, it's $60 million a year, and yes, it adds up to $800 million over the course of a year. I can't support that because of my concern for bankers and bond ratings. And I said, okay. I said, that is somebody that's out of touch with reality because so many people are truly hurting. So I said to my wife, I said, Margaret, I have to run. This South Coast has been so good to me and you, I have to make a contribution. So when I got into that and started looking at why I would be considered a Republican because I believe in fiscal responsibility, tax reduction, I said, since when did the Democratic Party lose its values that we would be name calling somebody because they wanna give money back to the people? So I looked at some of the people that supported the gas tax reduction, Marcus, and to my surprise, there were some very respectable senators, Democrats, that supported it. One of them was our local senator, Montigny. So I don't know whether Representative Strauss is calling his boss a, a Republican. I would suggest he not, but um, I, I found it a little bit off base that I would be labeled by a professional politician because I believed in tax reduction to be called a Republican. Well. So let's talk about the gas tax repeal. Yes, sir. It 
it, it hasn't shown to be that effect. It's good politics, right? Um, because the gas prices are outrageous. The the taxpayers need some relief. Yes. Beacon Hill was late on their relief, right? They were late on their relief. But the gas tax isn't it hasn't shown to be good um good policy. It's only been a reduction of a modest five or six cents, I think, in Connecticut. Uh, versus um, our gas prices here. So uh, with the gas prices dropping, with it shown to not be as effective in other states, um, do you still think that that is something you'd support if you were to be sent to Beacon Hill? Yes, I would, Marcus, and here's why. In campaigning and going out and getting my nomination papers, of which I got every single signature myself, and I wanted to do that so I could listen to the people, they talked about peoples that are working at Rocky's Hardware, job lot, retail stores. Every little bit is putting people in financial difficulty. So I understand what you're saying about five cents, but 25 cents, 28 cents a gallon with families that are driving, with families that have people working. I have friends that are in construction business. They have fuel bills to dig ditches, to build homes went up 30, 40%. So to help people, maybe five, 10%, everything adds up. So I would fight for that as part of a comprehensive overall tax package. But when you say today, what did the legislatures do? I brought that issue up when I started this campaign, Marcus, and spoke to you, seems like a hundred years ago now. Good Lord, Um, I've had so much fun, but it was about three months ago. I bet myself, that my opponent, Mr. Strauss, and the legislators up in Beacon Hill, the 160 people in the House and the senators, would have had a tax package and a relief package done. But as usual, they were a month late. They came to the final budget process, which amazed me, and I'd I'd like to get your comments on it, that they realized at the 12th hour, when they're working at four in the morning, They went, oops, there is this law put in by the people, not legislators, to kick back money to us, the citizens who work and put in our tax dollars, that there's too much money in our rainy day fund. Mm -hmm. So that surprisingly impacted their plans. And as my opponent announced in the debate on Tuesday night, their plan was to give us a gift card of $250. I I found that insulting, honestly, that I said, it's a gift card they're gonna tax. Gift card is a funny way to put it, Uh, (laughs) I have to admit. I don't know how else to put it, Marcus. People have real problems. People are not buying medicine. They are not driving. People are hurting, and they wanna give us a taxable gift card when there's $8.1 billion in excess cash. So he said, They've lost, my party, the Democratic Party, has lost sense that we have excellent benefits in Massachusetts. We, we have great health care. We have, we have good support mechanisms, but it's too much. The legislatures need to understand that they have to develop programs, but they have to allow people to have monies to, to run their lives, to make choices themselves for vacations, for medicines, for taking their kids to school, taking them to soccer practice. So I found that the legislatures and my opponent in particular were totally out of touch with reality in terms of 
working families and the excess cash that this state has uh, accumulated during a recessionary period when most people are struggling to make ends meet. Uh, credit card debts are up. Um, rents, Marcus, which is an issue we should talk about. Housing are dramatically up. So everything is going up and the state's rainy day funds going up, but people's savings accounts are going down. That's a bad, that's a bad combination. We're speaking with can, uh, candidate for the 10th Bristol District, uh, Rick Trapillo. You can give us a call if you'd like at 508 500 You can also message us on the WBSM app chat. Um, I know Rick would like to speak with you. Please. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and, and uh, hear your messages if you want to send some in. So um, we'll talk about housing later. I want to talk, I want to stay on the debate a little bit. Yes, uh, sir. Because I, I thought it was... I, it was the first time that you and and and, and Strauss were were t- in the same room, right? Yes, together, Mr. Strauss and I were in the same room, and and talking about your platforms in the same in the same forum. And what I thought was interesting was, I think it was your first point of criticism in that forum for Rep. Strauss was uh, attacking him over his vote uh, for the police reform bill. It's kind of old legislation uh it's two years ago it's not as pertinent as say you know the tax relief package that didn't pass or the gambling bill or anything that's like really in the news now so i was wondering why did you think that the voters of the 10th bristol particularly the democrats of the 10th bristol because that's who you were speaking to um would be interested in your, the criticism of the police reform bill or uh, Rep. Strauss's vote uh, against it. That's, I mean, for it. That, that's a great question, Marcus. And it, and it comes from a history of owning a wonderful business in the North End of Medford, Club 65, also out campaigning. And out campaigning, I had the chance to talk to a lot of people that look nationally at what's happened in this country. And I think a lot of people would say they're dramatically concerned about public safety and what's going on with gang violence, what's going on with gun violence, uh, what's going on with drugs, addiction, fentanyl, etc. And then I talked to police, both that I met at Pub 65, police officer that I've met at my home. And I will say there's not a police officer that I would talk to that doesn't have the lowest morale, that doesn't feel underappreciated, and doesn't say, do I have a future? So right now we have a case that the police departments are having with some of the particulars of that Police Reform Act, filling positions. Here in our wonderful city in New Bedford, we have jobs to fill in the police officer's department. Here in the wonderful city of Fairhaven, I had a police officer come to my, sign, to come to my home over an issue. Young gentleman in his mid-30s lives in New Bedford. And he says, you know, Rick, he says, I don't know whether I can keep doing this job. He, and I said, why? And he says, well, I'm very worried about making a mistake today. He says, I'm very worried with the reviews and the critiques with how this has been set up that I'm going to put my family financially at jeopardy. And that there has to do with their indemnification. And he said, you know, Rick, he says, I have to work an additional 20 to 30 hours a week to really make a good living for my family. And I do that with overtime. And he says, my job is physical, it's mental. 
I have to be on game for every single incidence, whether it's a simple traffic violation, whether it's a domestic violence, whether it's gun violence, whether it's um, helping somebody. So I looked at this young man and I could see the stress in his eyes. So I said, you know, as I said in my opening statements, I look at the police as the foundation in a society. I believe every police officer, including myself, will say we can do a better job. Were there a few bad apples in the bunch nationally? Absolutely, yes. And those people have to be rooted out of being police officers. Every police officer will agree with that. But today, with the budget funds that are available, I want to try to make our police force, which I think our education level in Massachusetts for our police departments is stellar. I think the people we select is good. I want to even make it better with tools to help in the future to drive more people that want that career, more people that will look at that job as one of respect and a privilege, that their mission is to serve and protect. So I felt that that act looked at how to manage and potentially punish a police officer rather than put the tools necessary in their hands to do the new business at hand in 2022 and beyond. So that's why I felt that it was very quickly done after some very difficult summers we had, Marcus. Those were horrific times uh, mm -hmm. that we had after the, the tragic death of Mr. Floyd. But I think it was a rush to putting something forward politically instead of taking a step back in unison with police and the politicians in the community to really develop something to help. But do you think that that... Do you think that that criticism and that messaging resonates with Democratic voters in this district? I hope it does, because I've talked with many of them. I think if if you you and I sit here and we watch the news and you look at what's happening down in New York City with crime, I think if you look at some of the horrific shootings that we've had at some of our schools with resource offices that I would fight to have as this package at every single school, there can be no excuse whatsoever to ever lose a child in the state of Massachusetts in the 10th Bristol resource offices. Absolutely a must. Every school mm -hmm. needs to be secure. So I, I believe it does, Marcus. Um, coming into the show this evening, I uh, have my news alerts. Um, the mall the, the mall in Minnesota is shut down uh, for a potential uh, shooting. So there are issues that when this happens, we call 911 and the police show up. So I think that people are concerned. Um, I know when I was down in New York City over the holidays, I was amazed at the police presence uh, with everything going on down there. So I think that the fundamental in our society is a safe society. And I think that's needed by our business people, our seniors, et cetera. And most definitely, definitely at our schools, Marcus. So we're speaking with Rick Trapillo, candidate for the 10th Bristol District. Uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on. If you'd like to call, you can message on the app chat. So... I think what your your messaging, essentially your platform is the, the the one of the founding ideas or notions of your platform is that most people or at least most Democratic voters aren't happy with the way main, the mainstream Democratic Party is working in the Commonwealth. Is that correct? Is that I, correct I would assessment? say that of the 160, and in particular the gentleman I'm running against, Mr. Strauss, yes. Because then when I, I went on in the debate 
after public, after public safety, I looked at the infrastructure issues. And there my opponent didn't want to talk too much about that. But there was really a great litany of things that I tried to bring up to the public in terms of infrastructure, in terms of my business experience. And one in particular we talked about, and you said, Rick, I, you did a lot of business in Japan. Is it a place I should go to? And yeah. I said that, remember, Marcus? <laughs> yes. And you still should go there, young Yeah, because I like to watch uh, Lost in Translation. So, exactly. Yes. That's a, I've watched that movie. It's Love awesome. It. It's an awesome movie. Yeah. So my business experience would be, and this is what I want to bring to the legislature, and this is what I want to bring to the 10th Bristol. To be a political leader, you need to innovate. You need to think short-term to fix issues at hand, and you need to think long-term. A long-term issue is our public transportation. We have a South Coast Trail coming in. It's scheduled to be open in 2023. And I said in my debate to Mr. Strauss, if you really did what a carpenter says, measure twice and cut once, do some planning to not make a mistake, you would have implemented a high-speed rail system. Because right now we have a rail system coming into the South Coast that's gonna be about an hour and 45 minutes. It's on a slow moving diesel train, and it's on the old freight tracks that have been repaired. But as I said, then we do get Wi-Fi. So I said, with my business experience and looking at Massachusetts versus the rest of the world, we've built 167 miles in high-speed rail markets versus the tens of thousands of miles in Europe and in the Far East. So if we wanna truly move to this green mandate to get people out of their cars, you have to give people a safe, fast, efficient transit system. And Mr. Strauss commented, well, in 2023, we're gonna start to look at that. And I said, why not do it right the first time after you spend a few billion dollars, do it right the first time. So then in the debate, I brought up that the gentleman, Mr. Strauss, who's in charge of transportation, I said, you know, folks, we have an MBTA that we just recently had a, a 43-year-old train catch fire. People, I'm sure you read it, were jumping Orange off line. a bridge yeah, into the, uh, into the water below. Uh, we had a gentleman tragically uh, killed going to work. Uh, the Orange Line is just going to be shut down at peak season for kids going to school. It's, um, it's a disaster. So there's been no planning there. And it's a disaster because again, Marcus, I'm a business person. I've had to earn every penny I've made in my life. I looked at the budget and our transportation budget should collect about $800 million a year in funding. That chapter 90 funding only has been capped at about 200 million a year. So where does the other $600 million go to repair our bridges, the Fairhaven Bridge? to repair our infrastructure, our trains, et cetera. So we've mismanaged that investment in our infrastructure for roads, highways, and trains that I would necessarily say wrong. Give people the resources to travel safely and efficiently. So there was a, a big disconnect again, going back to taxes that I said, the legislature, Mr. Strauss, are not focusing on doing the jobs with people's money that they're paying for, and that's with our gas tax. So I brought up an additional to that. I said, you know, the, the savings that Mr. Strauss said we can't afford to give up the $800 million. I said, that's not true. Because I said, you and every politician in Beacon Hill knows that there is so much federal money available through the 
infrastructure program that President Biden approved. It's about $2 trillion. And at minimum, Marcus, this state could accumulate another $20 billion in federal funding for our bridges, roads, et cetera. And I said, I, as a business person, will fight like hell to bring that money into the 10th Bristol to do the job that needs to be done. So the legislature is not being transparent with the people with our tax dollars. And they're not putting the investments where they should be. 508-996-0500. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Yeah, hi, uh, Marcus. How are you, buddy? Good. And uh, hope you're good. And Richard, good to see you. And I, I, you know what? I got to send a shout out to my buddy Chris. I know he's listening, no matter where he is. Of course. So, I wanted to just call in and rather than pose a question, Richard, I just like to ask you. My whole career was in uh, public safety and in, in the trial court, and I'm really interested in finding out what you, where you stand, considering all of the past a year or two with the defunding of the police and all of that, and bringing. Uh, we've got some crime issues, regardless of. Uh, what our party affiliations or our personal beliefs are that need to be addressed. And I just want you to know there's a lot of my friends and colleagues from public safety that are listening. I'd like you to just kind of address that rather than putting on one question. And I'm sure you and Marcus can bring something to the table to debate. And uh, maybe Chris will even call in. Uh, what would be the, the exact question that you would like answered on that, sir? I just want to know what your plan is for the, the police, public safety, first responders, in terms of bringing everything up to snuff. Excellent question. Thanks for the call. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for the call. It's budgeting. The state has $8.1 billion in surplus funding. I would fight for those dollars in extra capital but also in our state budgets to say to the police departments, first and foremost, the gentleman that came to my house, a young guy, if you want to pay a police officer properly, their base salary, that should be looked at so that these ladies and gentlemen that are out working don't have to do the hours of overtime to compensate and to feed their families, but could have a great base pay to provide a income for their family, be rested and alert at work. Well, so, so you're going to bring in, because a lot of that's municipal, right? Their Correct. municipal budget. So what you're saying is you're going to lobby, you're, you're trying to lobby for additional funding for public safety? Yes, I am. Absolutely. Okay. Then technology. We have to provide the police the technologies in their cars, in their training, et cetera, to be able to support and help us with domestic violence. Domestic violence is probably one of the toughest calls a police officer will have to address. So do we bring into the police departments locally here in the 10th Bristol and across Massachusetts social workers? I've seen great studies in different parts of the country where police officers do not even go into some of those calls, but that they have social workers specifically trained to deal with family issues. My Uncle Frank was a Boston police officer for 42 years, Marcus. And he would always say those were the most difficult calls because he would typically go in to break up a family argument and would be holding the husband of somebody and everybody would come after him because it's a family discussion. Sure. So bringing in social services to support our police officers is something I would do. Supporting that also on the 911 lines that come in training to say, how do we bring in social services with actual police work 
to say when we get those types of call for either domestic violence or drug issues or mental issues, which are a lot of the calls that sometimes go very wrong, how do we better support those? So I would try to put a lot of additional dollars into the police department versus defunding them. 508-996-0500. We're going to take a break. We'll be taking your calls and messages in the app chat. We'll be right back. This is Marcus Farrow on South Coast Tonight. We're joined by Rick Trapillo. 1420 WBS. I'm Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow, but we're joined by candidate of the 10th Bristol District. Uh, that is... Fairhaven here, uh, Fairhaven, Marion, Mattapoise at Rochester, um, Southern Akushnet, and uh, parts of Ward 1 in New Bedford. Uh, a, B, and C1. A, B, and C1. You're on it. So, um, okay, so I want to ask you about the Work and Family Mobility Act. Uh, you know, Rep Strauss, obviously, through his position as chairman of uh, transportation, was uh, instrumental in... in in writing and passing that bill. Uh, there is a repeal effort um, by people that want to um, have it basically repealed by referendum. Um, that's for people who don't know, that's the law that gives uh, undocumented immigrants an opportunity to apply for a driver's license if they have a birth certificate, a passport, or a license from another state uh, in the country. Um, that allows for undocumented people to get licenses. So you, you, when you were on here with me, you said you supported it, but you had voting concerns. I remember Rip Strauss right. at the debate had said, I heard you on the radio, which was this, which was here with me. I heard you on the radio say, you support my position. So thank you for supporting my position. You told him you didn't support his position, but you had concerns about um, it giving people who aren't legally allowed to vote the ability to vote. So... I guess what I'm asking is, do you support the law and do you have legitimate concerns that it could give people the ability to vote that otherwise wouldn't be able to? I do, Marcus, have legitimate concerns that people could use that as an ability, as an ability to vote. And, and I mentioned that to you on our show when we were together some three months ago. Yes. So I, I do feel that that is... A concern of mine and I brought up in the debate the word illegal and and I spoke from my heart in the debate and I spoke from it here and during the course of a debate in the course of a life you learn things since we met Marcus I have some dear friends who are illegals and I'm being very careful because I don't want them to get into any trouble great families driving they're being very much concerned that they're going to have to leave this country after being here for years. And I said in the debate, shame on both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party for not solving the Dreamer issue. Shame on us here in Massachusetts for making it so difficult for people that are good, hardworking citizens to really become part of this country. So these dear friends of mine have been proposed a crazy idea, and I almost couldn't believe it, Marcus. They were proposed that to become a citizen, the path to citizenship by their attorney was to have the wife get married, pay an exorbitant amount of money, be married for a while, and then get divorced and have citizenship to the United States. Okay. I find that that is, in such a country as this, horrific when my grandparents 
were immigrants and never had to go through a process like that. But but that's a federal issue. It, we're it, talking it, about the, the, the Working Family Mobility Act, which is, we can't do anything about that right <coughs> now, right? I, I totally get that we can't do anything about it, but I try to speak in a, in a bigger sense to that, to all of us as a community. All of us as a community that we have so many illegal immigrants here in New Bedford, across the South Coast to say, what are we gonna do to help these people? Are we giving them false hopes with a driver's license? Are we opening them up to a feeling that they will have citizenship? So my first thing, speaking very honestly about a federal issue was, let's try to solve that. Let's try to maybe in this state be innovative, be on the forefront to say, let's do something with this. But to go back to the bill, I do have concerns that that driver's license could enable people to get through the loophole and have a voting right. So that that still bothers me, Marcus, to answer your question. Yes, it does. Okay, I mean, so uh, I guess a couple of things. There's, you know, the the one. Um, I know that 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 has been that that's been uh, that concern's been raised by Governor Baker, and I know it's been raised by opponents of the law. Uh, Secretary Galvin said it's non-issue. We have had correct people who have are, don't have uh, voting ability. Non-residents are a non um, non-voting residents. So people, green card holders, for example, they're able to get driver's licenses and have for a while. So the question is, do you support the law? So do you support the law? Yes or no? Yes. You support the law. Yes. Okay. And do you think that? there needs to be anything supplemental in that law to make it better. Supplemental, yes. That before a voter registration card is issued to an individual, that there needs to be proof positive, either through a United States passport, documentation of citizenship, that that person is a U.S. citizen. And I just don't see it clear enough in the law as it's written now to eliminate any type of wiggle room, any type of issue that somebody could potentially have the greatest privilege that we all have, and that is to vote. Okay. We're speaking with Rick Trapillo, candidate for the 10th Bristol District. So one of the things uh, that was also mentioned in the debate that I thought was interesting was... Um, so I, I'm a I'm an elected official in Fairhaven, right? And he talked about the endorsements from the elected officials. He yes, said the yes. BPW, four of them endorsed have endorsed me. That's what Strauss said. I'm the one that didn't because I'm not endorsing anybody. I'm on, I'm here in the in the media, so I don't I don't make endorsements. Um, but he also mentioned that the select board uh, endorsed him and the school committee endorsed him. Um, what do you? I guess. You know, Rep. Strauss, what he has to communicate to get reelected, right, is to say, um, you sent me there to do a job. I'm doing my job. He's getting support. He's getting support from elected officials in town who work with him on a on a regular basis. What do you what's what's your what's your comment on that? What's your counter on that? How do you say, well, that may be true, but I should still Correct. be elected because great question. My, my response to Mr. Strauss that evening was, as a candidate running against an incumbent, the odds are stacked. We're the underdog. And everything is not equality. 
and fair job opportunity in politics. Politicians, by their very nature, after 30 years, want to maintain the status quo. People in that political environment like that status quo. So what I said during that there, I was personally, professionally surprised because my whole business career before making a decision, I would always try to gather the facts on the individual, the issues, the people, what have you, before I made a decision. So I would hope as a Democrat, as a people person running for an office in this 10th Bristol, putting my name in the line, putting my hard work in the line, putting why I want to run in the line, that I would have been given the chance by all of the Democratic parties within my town and other towns. That didn't happen. I found out about the endorsement through a Facebook page when I had been trying to call to get in to meet with the select person to say, hey, this is Rick Trapello. This is what I believe in. These are my issues. Ask me some questions, tough ones like you always do, professionally, politely, and then make your decision. So I just wanted to hope in this democratic process as a new time candidate that I would have been given the opportunity as you politely asked me three, four months ago, why are you running, Rick? And then to have people say, I support you or you don't. So I just thought there was a missing step there for other people to run for a political office because the statistics are right now in the Commonwealth, there are about 60% of the incumbents that have no opposition from any party. Yeah. I think it's about 20% that do. Yeah. And in a democratic state such as us, that's wrong because that's why you have no new ideas. That's why you have an infrastructure that's failing. That's why you have Taxachusetts. So you have, as they say, birds of a feather flock together. You have all these same ideas all the time. So I'm going in as somebody, and Mr. Strauss said it, you know, you gotta get along with 160 people. I realize you have to get along with 160 other legislatures, but you don't have to all talk like the same. You have to have people with courage, people with a backbone, people with an, a vision for innovation to say, I think there's a better way. And I'm that type of person. I'm not a follower, Marcus. I never have by my whole life. And I've taken some lumps from that. I've taken some bumps for that. But I think in political leadership, the people will respect most somebody that's willing to go out on the limb to say, this is what I believe in. This is why I think we are doing things wrong. And in this state, we're doing things wrong with our tax structure. We've done things tremendously wrong with our infrastructure investments. And there's nobody speaking up. They're all, they're all coward. They're, they're, they're all going in the same path. There was no outrage from themselves when they couldn't pass a budget, understanding that they had to give us a gift card for 250 and they didn't do it because they all didn't realize there was a law in place by we the people saying, give us our money back. So I was hoping to answer your question in Fairhaven that I just wanted to go in to speak to people, to shake their hands, introduce myself. And if they didn't want to vote for me, I would have respected that. So it was not to, as Mr. Strauss stood up and said, with real condescendence to me, and it, and it really was a, an insult, well, you've just insulted those people. I didn't insult anybody. I think the board of select persons in Fairhaven, I attended the um, recent town meeting, they did an outstanding job with the warrant. 
there were huge issues that were settled. Yeah. Uh, we did a $50 million water plant. And I was laughing in the back of the audience. The gentleman who uh, was managing and preparing for the plans, he said, I have more questions on a sidewalk than I did on the plant. And that's because it was so well developed what he did. Right. We have a great new town that administrator. Was probably uh, Vinny. Yeah, it was Vinny. Yeah. yeah. So I'm so impressed with the warrant, the people, the town meeting members. So there was no insult, but it was a comment that as a newcomer, I've always rooted Marcus my whole life for underdogs, and I'm that underdog today. I'm that uh, Boston Red Sox team that nobody's going to give a chance to win. Well, I want to come with the walk-off home run come the September 6th and win this damn thing. 508-996-0500. Take a break. We'll be right back. Thank you. 1420 W. Let's go tonight. I'm Marcus. Uh, Chris will be back tomorrow. I'm joined by Rick Trapillo, candidate for 10th Bristol District. So running to be my state rep. So, Rick, um, you know, I I, uh, I asked you some, I think, fair questions. And I think you answered them well. Um, so what... I guess, you know, you talked a lot about your, your your business dealings overseas in Japan, your experience opening a lot of local, uh, businesses, gyms, restaurants, et cetera. What type of, I don't know, managerial style do you think you'd bring to the uh, 10th Bristol? Marcus, that's an excellent question. And I think that will be a fundamental difference between my opponent and uh, myself. I'm a people person, Marcus. As I have been in business my entire life, you learn from the people. So my management style would be, if elected, that I would set up a meeting with our mayor and the city council and try to set it up here in New Bedford on a semi-annual basis to ask them quite simply, what can I do as a state representative to help you? What are your top two priorities? Don't give me a list of 10 things, because if you have 10 things, nothing gets done. But give me your one, two, three priorities. And I would go across the district in a Cushnet, in Fairhaven, in Mattapoisa, Marion, in Rochester. And I would do that on a regular basis to understand from them what to do. I would also, Marcus, use in earnest a district office. Right now, uh, Representative Strauss's office, for whatever reason, is listed as temporarily closed. I would use that office that I would set up at a convenient location in the district that when I'm not in the legislature on Beacon Hill, now they're all on vacation, I would be in that office five days a week. I'll have a person there to meet people, to answer the phones, to call everybody back. The worst thing you can do as a legislature, as a business person, is to not call somebody back on the biggest of issues or the smallest of issues. So I'm a people person, and I understand that all politics are local, so I would want to have my hands in each of the towns understanding what's going on. In Mattapoisett, the bike path, getting that last mile done. In the city of New Bedford, working between New Bedford and Fairhaven on the implementation of a bridge plan. Well, so, I mean, Rep Strauss is the chairman of the transportation. Do you think you're going to be a more effective advocate for that bridge that's now in the design phase? Absolutely, yes, because not to be um, cynical, if I look at Rep Strauss' history, 30 years, no bridge. 50 years, we have a diesel engine coming to the south coast. 
no innovation for high-speed electric trains. Um, it's a disaster. Um, Bill's an attorney. Bill is a, an attorney that represented for 27, 28 years clients. Um, this will be my full-time job. This will be my job to say, what can I do with the privilege of representing the peoples here on the South Coast to do it? So because we have funding for the bridge, doesn't mean a bridge will ever get built. You need to be tenacious to stay on the engineering and the design concept in the building. So as a business person, I have built large and small projects, so I'll be on that. So I wouldn't say that my opponent's record is uh, at all stellar to say that he'll be able to uh, achieve anything because if I look at the track record over the past 30 years, uh, I really consider it deplorable with what has not happened. 508 We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Why should you download? And Marcus, Chris McCarthy will be back uh, tomorrow. We're with uh, Rick Trapillo. Rick, just some closing remarks. you got about a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the underdog. Root for an underdog who's a business person that is going to fight for you each and every day. I'm fighting against not only my opponent, but in a structure that does not allow a newcomer to come in with new innovation and ideas. As a business person, I will fight for our tax reduction. I will fight to get us a gasoline tax. I will fight to protect our police, our securities, and our educational systems. It's a humbling experience to run for an office, but it's also very rewarding. I have met so many wonderful people in these past four months in going throughout the district. And most of the comments are, Rick, thank you for running. Rick, thank you for having the courage to put your name in the ballot. We're gonna give you our support. Please be true to your word, be a person of innovation, be a person of integrity, and work for us seven days a week here on the South Coast. And I promise you, Marcus, that as a potential voter and a person living in the district, I will give you 110% of my effort to do the job to build a better and brighter future for the South Coast. I promise you. When's the primary day? September 6th. Voting can take place now. Early voting uh, ballots are requested. Uh, so please, ladies and gentlemen, Rick Trapillo. It sounds Italian, but I'm a nice Polish guy. <laughs> Rick, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, look forward